from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. North Carolina head football coach Mac Brown was on with Adam Gold earlier today. You can catch that full interview on the best of the Adam Gold podcast. But a couple things that stuck out to me were in relation to the defensive improvements. There are some similarities to the last time Carolina won the Coastal Division, Gilio, which was what, 2015. Gene Chizik was the defensive coordinator at that time. Yes. And after they lost to South Carolina to start the season in disappointing fashion, they ran the table, right? And they did so with a defense that wasn't overwhelmingly great, but they made the stops that were necessary for Marquise Williams and the offense to go make a big play. And that's where the similarity happens with this squad, right? There's this huge disappointing loss to Notre Dame. But from that point on, they've made the necessary plays. They're still not a great defense, and every defensive metric will tell you that. I'm not saying anything that is you know, going to be outlandish for the coaching staff. I mean, look at the numbers that they, they that Wake Forest put up on them. However, when you've got Drake May and the way that that offense is working right now, all you need from the defense is one stop. You need one series to give Drake May a chance to help win the game. And that's pretty much what they've done the whole entire way. And it all happens usually in the fourth quarter, right? It's a whole, it's a whole, they, they, they step up when they need it. And Adam Gold asked Mac Brown about the defensive improvements, more to the point about that last play that's necessary earlier today. We're blitzing more. We're putting more pressure on the quarterback. We couldn't get there without pressure, so we're, we, we couldn't pressure with just four. Um, we're tackling better in the, front, uh, in, the, in the front seven. We're stopping the run better. And we're actually covering some better in, in the uh, secondary. We're still giving up too many big plays. Um, but we're we're missing fewer tackles. We're still missing too many, uh, and we're giving up fewer explosives. Uh, the explosive plays early in the year just absolutely killed us. It's the only thing right now we're doing wrong. But these guys are giving up about 24 points a game in ACC play, and um, gave up no points another fourth quarter the other night. That's Mac Brown on with Adam Gold earlier today. And Gold also asked Mac Brown about Drake May and the Heisman. I mean, right now, their quarterback is putting up huge numbers. He's the reason why they won the Coastal, along with uh, dynamic playmakers like Antoine Green and Josh Downs. But, I mean, when you look at the numbers, it's it's hard to deny a conversation about Drake May and the Heisman. At the very least, he's going to show up in New York at this point. And here's Mac Brown's take on Drake May and the Heisman. We've got to continue to play well as a team and win. I've been to New York three times with Ricky Williams, who won, with Colt McCoy and, and Vince Young, who won enough to get there and didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, so I know what it takes. I know it's crazy this time of the year. Uh, you got to keep playing. And um, one thing Drake has done that's so unusual for a freshman, he's played every week at a very high level. And, and uh, I thought last week going to Wake Forest, they're 19 and three at home since uh, 2019. I thought that they play hard. Uh, they'd lost two games in a row. They're a bunch of seniors. We were going to get their best shot. I thought that would be a, a really good test for him, and uh, he, he stepped way up and, and raised the standard again. So I'm all in. I think he's really, really good. And. Just got to keep playing, and we got to help him as a team. Is he, the Heisman's really a team award. Right. 
even though an individual gets it. But if you don't win, they usually look somewhere else. So that's Mac Brown, head coach, North Carolina, on with Adam Gold earlier today. Again, you can catch that full interview on the best of the Adam Gold podcast. Now, Julio, you're you're on board with Drake May and the Heisman conversation, right? Absolutely. We can have this conversation. We've been on this conversation for a while. You can't deny the numbers. Deny the numbers. Deny the ability. Mm -hmm. Deny his value to the team Mm -hmm. and what he means. Value to the team is huge. Absolutely. Huge when we have this conversation. You know, obviously, oftentimes we talk about most valuable player, and that's open to interpretation. What is the value? Well, I mean, in in pro sports, well, yeah, LeBron James would probably win all the MVP awards because of the value. He can't win them all, right? Or Shaquille O'Neal, he couldn't win them all because of the value of what he brought to the table. So I think people understand that concept. The issue that people are having, I think, when it comes to Drake May and the Heisman, is that we're conflating two topics. There's the individual performance, and then there's the team and where they belong in the college football playoff pecking order. Two things can be true. Drake May can be a legitimate Heisman contender, and hell, I would vote for him if I had a vote at this point. And also point out the college the college football playoff will not feature North Carolina, even if they beat Clemson in the ACC championship game. Well, how can this be? Well, that's easy because... Look at Carolina's schedule. Look at who they've beaten and how they've beaten them. That's a legitimate problem for the Tar Heels when it comes to the college football playoff. Now, if you want to spin me a tale of the remaining two weeks of the regular season and the championship games of a variety of teams losing, a chain reaction that would get the like a group of five team in the college football playoff like we had last year, okay, cool. We can have those crazy scenarios, but you're kind of making the point for me that you need to move heaven and earth for Carolina to even be in the conversation. And the reason why they're not in the conversation right now is the teams they've played have done them no favors, and they haven't been overly dominant. That is a flawed team that happens to be a one-loss team. You cannot knock them for the teams that they've played. You give them credit for beating them, but how you play, how you win, all that stuff does get factored into the college football playoff committee. And it does him no favors. And I think two things can be true. Drake May Heisman? Yeah. College football playoff? No. Yeah, the Coastal Division has let North Carolina down, is what it comes down to. Yep. And even Wake Forest, by losing to Louisville and NC State before they saw them, let them down. NC State's going to let and UNC NC State down. now will be out of the rankings by the time they play them. We'll let them down. Clemson mm-hmm. has a loss. They both happen to have the same loss to Notre Dame. I, I think those are all things that are conspiring against North Carolina. I don't think there's anything wrong with North Carolina's non-conference schedule. They put two games on the road. App State is normally a double-digit win team. They're just not this year. Yeah. Sometimes it happens. But to me, Virginia Tech, Miami, that's where you point the finger. Right now they have two wins over – they have Pitt, Duke, and Wake are the only teams that they have wins that have a winning record. Yes. That's a problem. That is a problem. That and, is the, a problem. and the one good team that is ranked by the college football playoff committee, they lost to. And Carolina fans are having some Carolina fans are having a hard time processing this. It's like you no, can't, they're not. They just want everything. They want That's everything. It. They want everything. What is this? That this is what this all comes down to. Is with the Carolina privilege? Yes. That's all this is. <laughs> they don't even care about the playoff. They don't even care about football. Okay. Don't buy into it. They care about football this week yes. and next week. Uh-huh. And then they want to dance on your grave. Now, and that's hold on, all hold they on, care about. Hold on. That hold it. on. Hold on. Nope. Carolina nope. football fa- No, Carolina football fans exist. Well, they do. The, are they are, are they a large a, group? It's a pastime. It's a hobby. 
Okay, fine. As Bo Jackson once said, but it's let, a hobby. I, I'm going to give a shout out to the like actual Carolina football fans that do exist out there, and they do ride with this thing. To your point, though, what you just said at the end, they just want to dance yeah, on the grave. It's graves. really hard to be a Carolina football fan when every four years you win a national championship in men's basketball. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, my God. You know what this is? I'm going to tell you what the kids say. Mm. Cope harder, Julio. Okay. That's really what this is. Cope harder. Yeah, Carolina gets a bunch of nice things. But I'm with you. Like, I'm with you in the, in the grand scheme of things. Like, y'all, you can't have everything, okay? And I know you're used to getting your way, but when it comes to the college football playoff, it ain't, it ain't there. It just I don't see the path for it based on that schedule and the ACC. But don't tell it to Carolina fans because, again, Carolina fans are used to getting their way. And, yeah, it is what it is. It's funny. I, was, I saw my cousins this weekend at my brother's wedding. My cousin Rafi, he's a big sports fan. And he said to me, oh, I don't listen to the radio anymore. And I said, excuse me? It's like, he's like, no, no, no. Everything I do is I, I watch it on YouTube now. Oh, so you're that guy. I told How old him. is he? He's 43. Oh, yeah, he's I'm 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 three days older than him, so he's not a youngin. Right? He's not a Ute. He is not a Ute. He just watches all of his sports content now on YouTube. I was like, oh, okay, well, you are the person I'm trying to make sure watches stuff. Go go smash the subscribe button then. We'll see if he does. He cares. I, I don't know why he can't just tell people to caress or gently press or. Any of those other things. Why does it have to be smash? What if we boop it? Boop the subscribe button. Let's potentially give away some meat. We got Gerald and Riley. Gerald, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're doing fine, Gerald. You texted meat to 919-8605-FAN. You are now qualified to win your weight in meat. Time is running out, folks. We're going to be giving this away next week. So if you want to potentially win your weight in meat, text that keyword. Uh, Gerald, how much do you weigh? 150 pounds. Oh, man. Is that... A lightweight. Is Gerald our lightest contestant by 150 pounds? Oh, man. Legal would be really happy if he won. <laughs> so do you have a place to put... Are you... Wait, now, Gerald, are you one of these guys who can eat whatever they want and you don't put on weight? Is that what this is? <laughs> Pretty much. Ah. Sorry. I, I know, man. Some people are blessed with that metabolism. Like, shout out to our friend Russ. Russ has that metabolism. Well, he used to. He could eat whatever the hell he wanted and just burn calories like it was whatever. He never put on weight. My 14-year-old's like that. It's ridiculous. I'm jealous. Well, let's see if you win. You got a place to put all that meat, Gerald? Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a family that loves to eat. <laughs> all right. Well, they'll be eating, man. They will absolutely be eating. All right, Gerald, appreciate you texting and appreciate you listening. Take it easy. Theo G, alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovius. Got a tweet from Jeff. Don't put all of us UNC fans in one group. I pull for Carolina and everything. If they're making paper airplanes, I want them to be the best. And they are. When Carolina football <laughs> loses, my day is ruined, just like when basketball loses. So please, don't say what you did, Joe. Sure. Your day is ruined. To potentially crystallize your point about can something good happen to Carolina? If It'll, something good can. It will. It will. Does that apply to Jeff Saturday? Mm-hmm. As the interim head coach of the Colts? Carolina grad? Yep. Hey, they didn't call Phillip Rivers. Right? They called Jeff Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Phillip Rivers is currently, you know, high school football coach. He, he just had, as Jeff Saturday was. He, he just he had his brief stint with the Colts. 
I guess that's the difference. They didn't call Phillip Rivers because they didn't have however many seasons it was that Jeff Saturday has had with the Colts. And uh, it was boys with Jim Irsay. And that's really what it came down to. And Jim Irsay, I, I know you talked to Bomani Jones on Friday, and he pointed out, you know, the conversation around the league is just how much Jim Irsay feels that Jeff Saturday is this unicorn, right? I will Svengali. I will say th- I will say this about what happened on Sunday for Saturday. It really does puncture a hole into how people talk about the job of being a head coach. If we really wanted to be honest about the what a head coach will actually bring you in your winning percentage, right? And I'm I'm not talking about competent head coaches. We've seen the bad end of it, right? Urban Meyer as a as an NFL head coach. Like clearly that that team's not going to be prepared. We just saw this with Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. Great co- potentially great college coach, we don't know yet, but potentially great college coach. And he's going to get another opportunity in college when the carousel really fires up at the end of the regular season. But clearly not prepared for the NFL. You got your Bill Belichick's of the world, your Harbaugh's, right? But Jeff Saturday is a classic case of, hey, why not? Let's see what happens. Like, let's make like some competent choices, which is, I know, the thing that you you were very much happy to see on Sunday when he was like, hey, let's put Matt Ryan back out there. Let's see what I, happens. I've got an idea. <laughs> the most important position is quarterback. Who are we running out there? Mm-hmm. Oh, a munchkin from Texas who doesn't belong in the league, mm-hmm. who can't pass. Oh, maybe we put in the guy who's averaging, I don't know, more than 300 yards per game. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean that one? Good, good call. Good idea. <laughs> like, again, I as I like to say about Bill Belichick, he's not a genius. Yeah. He just does the obvious things because so many other coaches can't do the obvious. Well, the other thing that I enjoyed about Jeff Saturday's win, outside of the fact that the guy essentially called his shot. I mean, think of, think of how many times you've pointed out that a team's not very good and imagine you getting a call saying, hey, man, I want you to be the head coach. And your next opponent is the very team that you said was horrible. Yeah. And you go out there and you beat that team you called horrible with no head coaching experience. I mean, that is some king-level stuff from Jeff Saturday. And when I say it punctures a hole in how we talk about coaches, here's Bill Cowher. Successful NFL head coach with the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. He's now with CBS. Here's from the Sunday morning show. And he was like, he called it a travesty that Jeff Saturday got an opportunity. Jeff Saturday talked about in his first press conference the fact that he's going to use his second half as an opportunity to build his resume, to see whether or not he can coach in the future. Mm. I say to that, what about the assistants on the staff right now? The guys that were there in training camp, the guys that were there early in the morning and late at night, the guys that have gone through the first six weeks in that building, guys like Gus Bradley, Scotty Montgomery, uh, John Fox, don't they deserve the opportunity for an owner Do to they? hire a coach who's never been an assistant at the college level or the pro level <clears throat> and overseeing a very much a lot of candidates that are qualified for that job, as we see in Steve Wilkes, an opportunity to build a resume. It's a disgrace to the coaching profession. Mm. And regardless of how this thing plays out, what happened in Indianapolis is a travesty. A disgrace. A travesty. 
Look, man. The fact that, the shamocracy. The, the fact that he brought up John Fox's. You, you don't get John Fox an opp- No, John Fox has had his opportunity. We know what John Fox is about. I'm always fascinated by what the line is for people on certain topics, right? And while I have my issues with the with the Jeff Saturday hiring, it had more to do with the we're going to say one thing and do completely different when we're talking about diversity hiring, right? And that to me is a mockery of efforts to change the game. But what what cowers on, I got no time for that because you know one of my pet peeves, Jillio. I should be if the product is good, you don't need to tell me how hard you worked on said product because the product speaks for itself, right? I'm not going to doubt your work effort because I'm seeing the end results, right? Coaches love to tell you about, oh, man, I got there at 4 a.m. and I didn't leave till 1 a.m., right? And what I find interesting is that the line for Bill Cower is a guy with no head coaching experience but has connections to the team, getting an opportunity to do so, maybe change things up, we'll see what goes. But he won't say that about nepotism, right? We talked about YouTube. I, I highly suggest that everybody go and watch uh, from last season's Game Theory with Bomani Jones where he talked about diversity hiring and that the real issue in the NFL is nepotism. We basically treat NFL head coaches and family trees as though they're freaking Jedi. And that there's little football midichlorians swimming around in, inside their systems. And only they, only they understand the true nature of coaching. You're telling me that Bill Belichick's kid got that shot? Like he deserves that shot? No. Bill Belichick's kid has that job because Bill Belichick's his dad. And this is like through every walk of life. How many fail sons do you know in your walk of life? But but football, there's a special... Something there. I guess. We saw it with Joe Paterno. You see it with uh, the Bowdens, all of the Bowdens. Right. And and now you see We treat it. the Mannings like royalty, man. Sure. But I'm saying, in football coaches in particular, like, they can't get out of their own way. Like, they're convinced their own kids are so inept at everything else that if they send them off to go be a head coach somewhere else. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. That they they won't succeed, they'll never be, and they'll never be able to succeed then. So Carolina wrapped up the Coastal Division on Saturday. Two games remaining: Georgia Tech at home, and then NC State at home. After NC State beat Wake Forest, my general thought was, "Oh, you know what? It's a good sign of a Dave Dorn. Like this is yet another example of the the, the positive of Dave Dorn." as head coach at NC State. There's a resiliency to Dave Doran's team. They'll bounce back, right? And I thought, you know what? Maybe there's a way to repaint the rest of the season coming up. They got BC at home to close things out. BC is not a good football team. And then they go to Louisville. Malik uh, Malik Williams is hurt. I'm not sure what his availability is going to be on Saturday. Cunningham, yeah. I'm sorry, Malik Cunningham. And then they close things out against Carolina. You never know how things are going to go against Carolina. 
But after Saturday's loss to Boston College and how it went about, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, okay. Shoulder shrug. This this is another, like, I think you wrote about this. What you saw against Wake Forest was, hey, look at that. That's that's a that's a Dave Dorn signature win. They bounced back when you know things were kind of going wrong. They all all the good things happened. You know they adjusted, but then what happened on on Saturday were all the bad things of a Dave Dorn program, where they used the one mistake to go. Oh, I see, told you, told you, shouldn't have done this, and they got super super conservative again. They wanted to win a particular way, and they kept giving not just with the turnovers, but also defensively opportunities for Boston College to get in that game. And that's a low point for the Dave Dorn tenure at NC State. But he's been doing this so long, and you kind of get the general pattern of an NC State team now under Dave Dorn, where all I could do on Saturday was go, okay, so be it. Watch him turn around and beat Louisville and get people hyped up again for the NC State game. And they're going to have yet another good season. A good yeah. season. Eight and four. It's a good Didn't season. For, for 98% of college football programs, man, eight and four. 9-3, decent bowl game. It's a good year. It's a good year. But that can't be your ceiling. Yeah. That's the problem. That's the problem. And not the way that this season was positioned. Yeah. This was a, like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity with all the... They had 30 guys as like I, seniors. Yeah, I'd also argue... <laughs> if you didn't know what they were capable of, right? Like if they didn't just show it to you. Yes. Against Wake Forest. You'd say, you know what? That's what NC State does. They lose to Boston College. Mm-hmm. Because... I think it's only been once in 10 years that Dave Doran's beaten both Boston College and Wake Forest in the <laughs> same year. Think about that. You like to say, oh, Clemson, 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 or Carolina, Carolina, Carolina. No. The problem is beating Wake Forest and Boston College. Yeah. That's the problem. And they've done it. he's done it once in 10 years. Like, how? I, I, I hope that this is the nail in the coffin for Atlantic and coastal discussions. It's the nail in the coffin. I know you just rolled your eyes, and I hope that makes it onto WRL Sports Plus the way you did. You can roll your eyes all you want at me when it comes to that. But if you want to bitch and whine and moan about, well, the coastal this and the coastal that and the Atlantic, don't lose to Boston College. Oh, but Clemson's so tough. Don't lose to Wake, who doesn't have all the advantages you do as a public university with a fan backing that you have. Okay? So don't. Don't come to me whining about the divisions when what'd you rip Matt Rule for? Beat the teams you're supposed beat to beat. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. That's what Saturday was about for NC State. Yeah, your season's not going the way you wanted to, but you can still close it out with potentially winning ten games, which is you all you talk. Oh, we could have won ten games last year. We could have won ten games last year. Okay, well, here's an opportunity to do so. What do you do? You crap the bed against Boston College. And that's why I'm gonna admit something, Joe. I got annoyed at your tweets. I almost gave up Twitter for good because you were hyper fixated on the last play of the game that ended up being a pass interference call. A bang, bang play that, hey, it shouldn't have been a pass interference, but they called it anyway. Well, what are you looking at? What are you looking Did at? Did you miss the point of the tweet, too? What's the point of the tweet? Enlighten me. That call, yes. that flag. Yes. I don't know how that referee throws that at Carter Finley Stadium. If that game was at Boston College, mm-hmm. I would have said, yeah, that's sure. human nature. Sure. You have to go back to the Wake Forest-Clemson game. I was tweeting during that game mm-hmm. about, hey, cool, Clemson's getting a bunch of defensive PIs against them right now, but that's because the game's in Winston-Salem. Sure. Guess what happens when you're at home? Yeah. You get calls. 
particular 50-50 calls. Tennessee beat Alabama at home only after a pass interference negated, nullified an interception by Alabama Mm -hmm. on on their last offensive possession. Mm -hmm. So my whole point, I tweeted once during the game. Once. Mm -hmm. How in the world do you throw that flag on a 50-50 ball to save two and seven Boston College. Do you think how? Do you think they were actively trying to save how? Boston College? I'm not I'm not suggesting there's a conspiracy theory. I'm asking this human being yeah. who's on the NC State sidelines. Yeah. The easiest thing to do is put your flag in your pocket, the game's over, sure. let NC State take a knee and go home. Sure. It's an odd time to find religion. Is what I'm saying to you. Well, and if you're a Carolina fan who's all up in my timeline, oh my, and you're act, you might as well be the avatar right now. You, I didn't say that was the reason they lost the football game. I'm not saying. All that's I why. said was I cannot believe Michael Cullen, I believe is his name. I can't believe mm-hmm. in that position he took the flag out of his belt and thought, man, this robot utopia that we live in. <laughs> I have to make sure every single call is correct. By the way, Drake Thomas. Went for the ball. He has a right to go for the ball. He does. He does. Here's Dave Dorn during today's press conference on that pass interference call that gave Boston College life, and they ended up winning the game. Drake Thomas made the play in practice all week. He knew the play that was coming, and I thought he made a terrific play. Uh, Timing, broke on the football, had both hands extended. I thought he beat the receiver to the spot, and he did everything that we could ask him to do. Uh, I'm really proud of him uh, for making that play. And, you know, at the end of that play, we should have been out there on offense, kneeling the ball down for a win. But that's not how it ended. And so it is what it is. Let me, let me posit this to you another way. Yeah. Do you think in that same exact circumstance, the game's at Alabama, Alabama's playing a two-win team mm-hmm. do, at home. Yeah. Do you think the per, the field judge – let me make sure I'm getting it right again. The field mm-hmm. judge, Michael Cullen, do you think at Alabama, the same exact play? Probably not. You think he throws the flag? You know what examples you're giving, though? Which ones? The, the example you're using Alabama. No, no I'm, I'm saying the home team. The home team. I think what I'm getting at here is okay. NC State doesn't get that call because what are the stakes for NC State? And that well, they're changes. Still a, they're still, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying to you, there's a conspiracy that this guy no, was thinking I, I about understand it. That. What I'm saying to you is the oh, easiest no, no, no. part of human nature no. is for him to eat the whistle yeah, yeah, and yeah, go yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I get, I what, get all that part. What, what inspired him to make a 50-50 call mm-hmm. when clearly Drake May wasn't draping the arm, wasn't, excuse me, Drake Thomas wasn't draping the arm, yeah, 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 yeah. he wasn't reaching over. It was truly a coin toss that on the, at home, mm-hmm. We just saw it the next night, mm-hmm. Green Bay and Dallas. The Green Bay, the Green Bay defensive back drapes the arm, clearly makes contact, no flag, because you're at home, and because that's what human nature says to do. That was my point of the tweet. I'm not disagreeing with the nature of what you're saying. Yes, I'm not disagreeing. I'm I'm, I'm agreeing that it was a terrible call. I'm not saying it was a terrible call. I'm I'm saying it was a terrible. I'm call. not saying I'm, it was. A terrible I'm call. saying it's a terrible. I'm call. saying I found it to be dumbfounding. Yeah, that he, he just didn't do the easy thing. I'm gonna go ahead and say it was a terrible call. But dot dot dot. This is a yet another example where officiating 
is bad everywhere in every game and we'll pick and choose when we decide to fixate ourselves on particular things. If it's the cold medicine that some people want to take as to what happened on Saturday, fine, so be it. But I think for the most part, with NC State this season, all you can do is just shoulder shrug and go, yep, that's just the way the season has gone. And that's how the seasons have gone for NC State. And what happened at the end of that game, for me, really is more of an indictment of NC State being in a position they never should have been in in the first place. I agree with that. Okay. You should be able to handle business against a 2-7 and seven Boston College team while you're still fighting for very achievable goals if you're the Wolfpack. And instead, you tripped over yourself. But this is not me. And if, if fans want to criticize Dave Dorn for more conservative stuff, cool, so be it. They're well within their rights. But nobody's saying that Dave Dorn needs to go anywhere. It's just more of a I don't even know how to I don't even know how to put it. It's not a resignation, but it's just kind of like, yep, this is just kind of what it is. And some people are gonna just accept it. Other people won't. And there's probably a section of people that are hoping that Dave Dorn probably takes another job so that everybody gets a fresh start.